Hello, I'm Ben Thompson, owner of Thompson & Terry Recruitment. I'm Mike Foster, the entrepreneur's mentor. And you are listening to an edited version of Get Radio's Business Brunch with Ben and Mike, uh, which airs every Sunday at 11am on DAB Digital Radio across Oxfordshire and online at getradio.co.uk. And our show introduces you to local trusted experts, whilst we also talk about topics that you, the listeners, tell us is impacting on local businesses and their owners. For copyright reasons, we cannot play the songs mentioned in the show. Uh, but for more info and business brunch related content, please do head over to getradio.co.uk. I definitely recommend it. Get Radio's Business Brunch with Ben and Mike. Sponsored by We Do HR Support. Leave your HR to the experts so you can focus on what you do best. Good morning. This is Get Radio and welcome to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike. My name is Ben Thompson, owner of Thompson & Terry Recruitment and indeed the Oxford Business Community Network. And my name is Mike Foster, the entrepreneur's mentor and also the head of marketing events at Oxford Head Injury Services, the brain injury charity formerly known as Headway Oxfordshire. Now, our show introduces you to local trusted experts who we encourage to share their knowledge, experience and their expertise, whilst we also discuss topical issues impacting on local businesses here in Oxfordshire. And we encourage you, the listeners, to drop us a message to say what sort of themes you'd like us to cover. But today we have got a new theme and another new guest that's joining us after two and a half years of running the Business Brunch. On today's show, we look forward to welcoming our guest, Fiona Frost of Site. So Ben, my usual question for you, how can businesses utilise mapping data to support their decisions and their problem solving? Mike, that's a great question. Um, and I'll be really honest, um, this this is a question that I've got no idea how to answer. So look forward to um, inviting Fiona, who, who's a great professional we've known for a long time. And I'm sure Fiona will be sharing some great knowledge, expertise and insight into another fascinating business here in Oxfordshire. We'll be welcoming Fiona after this. Welcome back to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike on Get Radio. Today, I'm really, really delighted to be joined by Fiona Frost of eMapSite. Welcome, Fiona. Thank you very much for inviting me. So, Fiona, um, let's start. Um, tell all the listeners all about yourself um, and indeed eMapSite. So, uh, I'm a business development manager for eMapSite and we give businesses insight into location-related issues, problems, or information. So that would cover everything from the risk of a location um, through to ownership or any number of um, data points of insight. Amazing. No, thank you. Thank you. And I'm sure we're going to learn lots more about um, what potential clients or businesses could could use eMap site for. Um, but before that, the toughest question by a million miles based on past weeks that you're going to be asked on this show is your song choice. So um, without further ado, what is your song choice and why have you picked it? Uh, Don Henley, Boys of Summer, because I'm a huge music fan, but there are so many songs that I need to be in the mood to listen to. But it feels like whenever I hear this, it's never a time when I switch off and think oh, I'm not in the mood for that. It's such a great tune. Discussing topics that impact local businesses and their owners, this is the Business Brunch. Sponsored by We Do HR Support. Leave your HR to the experts so you can focus on what you do best. 
Welcome back to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike here on Get Radio. Today, we're talking about how you can support your business decisions and solve your problems with mapping data. And as you've just heard before that song, our introduction from our guest today, Fiona Frost of site. So Fiona, let's start the discussion today with that, I guess, overarching question. Give us a little bit more background in terms of what is mapping data. So mapping data could be simply a map, yeah, um, something as straightforward as that. And many businesses use maps to look at what they own um, in a in a visual way. Data comes in in sort of all shapes and sizes. But to, when you see something on a spreadsheet, it's really difficult to visualize that. And using um, geospatial data and using maps can make things far easier to understand. Uh, amazing. Um, and, and just just give us a flavour of the, the kind of clients that you would work with, the kind of clients that would kind of use your services, if that's OK. Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it's enormously varied. Um, so we, we've been going for over 20 years. Um, we deal a lot with social housing, um, public sector, insurance, uh, energy and infrastructure, engineering and construction, uh, commercial property um, and everything through from government departments down to individual architects. So it really is um, a huge range of clients that we support with um, lots of different types of data. Brilliant. And, you know, you, well, I know we've spoken in the past uh, about the, the sort of service. You, you mentioned in the introduction to Ben about the insights of location. And one of those things you mentioned was about the risk of that location. So perhaps give us an insight in terms of the sort of risks that people might think, oh, yeah, I have got that risk myself and could explore, say, how mapping data could help. So when you're talking about, say, a, a portfolio of properties, say, um, like uh, housing association, they, they will, they will have um, acquired property over many years. It'll, they'll have lots of different ages of property. It'll be in different condition, um, and then they've got to do what's best for their tenants. And actually, social housing is uh, some of my favourite clients. Um, they're always looking to improve the lives of others, and it, it's a really rewarding area to work in. But they will be looking at risks as far as flooding, subsidence, um, but they'll also, you know, they could be interested in things like crime um, or trees. And, you know, sometimes these data sets um, correlate with each other. So um, we've seen some really interesting data around um, tree cover and crime. So if you were a housing association, you might then want to look at um what tree data there is for your portfolio and you know maybe cross uh, that with your antisocial behavior that you've picked up um, and then you might look to plant trees elsewhere um, and then uh, remove trees where you think that that could be causing a problem because if people feel they can't be seen um, you know that can increase the antisocial behavior so it's there's a lot of data we sell, but I think it's always really important for the the business to be able to collate the data that's really useful to them as well to cross-reference it. So with something like a housing association, they might be looking at data they've collected on families that could be at risk of fuel poverty, 
but then we could supply the data from EPCs to see um, how that uh, property is performing and they could then use those two data sets together and then if you visualize that on a map you could then see well I really need to be sending my team that are going to be putting in say solar panels or you know I can see a real hot spot in that area where there's a real need for us to improve those properties mm. and their energy performance um, for the betterment of of our tenants so I think it's it's partly the data, but then being able to visualise that and, and pull out that information, I think is just so valuable. Absolutely. No, re- really fascinating, re- really, really fascinating stuff. Um, I- I'm just quite keen to understand the client journey um, by, by working with you and EMAP site. So um, is it as simple as somebody can approach you and say, I want a map of this area or, 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 or um, d- does it tend to be kind of a, quite a lot longer consultancy type service? Like what, what does it look like for, from, from, I guess, a client point of view? From the really simplest, if you want a, a small map of something, we've got um, an online application where you don't need any software and you can go in and you can pick a map. So if you were getting planning permission on your house, we've got an application on our website, you can pull up a map you can create it in exactly uh, the format that your local authority will want. You can put a red line around it, you can draw on it, and you can take that PDF away and you need no oh, wow. software. So that's from the, from the simplest engagement. And then we've got our online map shop, which you can go in, select an area, and that could be an area the size of a property or a county or larger and then you can select the data that you want within that and you can simply purchase it, download it and go. So if you know what you want, um, that's there. But what I tend to get more involved with is when clients have got a problem and they'll come to us because we've got, um, we're uh, strategic partners of the Ordnance Survey. So we have their data, but we've also got um, numerous other suppliers, um, around 50 other suppliers that we use regularly. So if somebody comes to me with a problem that they're trying to solve, um, I can then help them through the journey of um, the different data sets that are available and what's going to be the most cost-effective way to solve that problem. I had a client come to me recently who they'd done a little bit of their own research and they'd requested a particular data set, um, which was coming out about £150,000 but when we actually drilled down into what they were trying to solve, and they didn't have a budget for that, so we we looked at the problem they were trying to solve, which was around um, flood defences and who it would benefit. Uh, we found another data set which was um, around fifteen thousand pounds, which was actually gave them far more insight than the original one that they'd asked for. So it's a lot of the time it's understanding what that real problem is at at that end for us to be able to suggest what data is going to solve that problem. Incredible. I love this. I love this, um, piece about the merger of data sets because I think that's the really power you know when I've seen some examples of overlapping as you say I, I saw one for a charity for example where they were overlaying crop measures with um, rainfall and stuff like that and you know give, give us perhaps some more examples just to give this sort of devil- level of detail to the uh, listeners in terms of some merger sets. So um, for instance we deal with a lot I mean renewable energy you can imagine at the moment um, there are 
so many projects that um, people are trying to get off the ground at the moment. So uh, they have certain parameters where they would need to avoid building, say, within one kilometre of a residential um, property. So we're able to help them with things like topographic data, um, so they'll be able to see um, the lie of the land. You don't want to build um, something solar where that's going to be pointing in the wrong direction uh, for the best um, capture of, of sunlight. So you could use a, a mixture of data sets, which would be something along the lines of address data, which has then the residential commercial flag in it. So they could literally see dots on a map as to where residential properties are, you would then use um, uh, 3D and terrain data to make sure that uh, you are um, pointing in the right direction. Um, you could then use that together with land ownership data, um, rights of way. So you wouldn't want to be building something that's over the middle of a footpath. Um, where you've got an existing right of way and by putting all these things in together or it might be you're trying to avoid a peaty soil that's something which obviously is is very bad for the environment to dig up so you could put all of these different constraints into your modeling and then that would give you optimal sites um, to go after so and then you might throw into there some flood data um, for for solar array sites that's quite important and not just current flood data, we've got uh, flood data that models different levels of climate change going up to sort of 2080. So you'd be able to see if you're building something that's got a 40 year lifespan, actually, is that going to still be, um, you know, with the same kind of flood risk as we have now in the future? Um, or do we ne maybe need to rethink that? So a lot of what we can help with is that kind of desktop study of where is going to be the best place for us to look for for this project. No, really fascinating. Um, thanks so much for your thoughts so far, Fiona. We'll continue the conversation after this. Oxfordshire Station, get radio. Welcome back to the Business Brooch with Ben and Mike on Get Radio. Um, today we're joined by Fiona Frost of Site, and we're talking about mapping and data um, and really how 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 you can use that. Um, Fiona, I'm really interested to go back to, to the start. So so 20 years ago, um, how did Site all come about? And are you quite unique in terms of what you do or are there other, other businesses doing a similar thing? So Site was actually set up by a group of consultants who were really frustrated um, about the mapping data that was available and, and um, how to get hold of it in, in consistent formats, really, um, because that's one of the things that we provide to our clients is um, all of the data in sort of multiple formats. So however you like to work, um, you can get that data in that format. So, um, yeah, it was originally set up by by consultants and it's just sort of grown from there in the 90s we started to get known for our map shop um, and we've just improved and grown and now um, we have our own research and development department so we're looking at things like legislation or any particular business problems that we see regularly 
where we can then create data sets from the data that we have. We're really blessed in the UK for the amount of data that is available. So, I mean, the Ordnance Survey um, obviously have a hugely long history um, and, you know, really since the, the, the Second World War, you know, they've, they've really been collating so much data. There's a data set um, that they have called MasterMap, which has numerous layers of information in it. And it is the most detailed view of Great Britain, um, you know, with accuracy down to, um, you know, you, you're going to be talking centimetres in some areas. So you can see um, even sheds in gardens, you know, you can see, you know, uh, such a huge detail in, in this um, large scale mapping. And for some, that's really useful. But you'll find that with nearly all of the data sets we sell, the more information you have, the more expensive they are. So the, the higher density of data. So um, for, for some businesses, you know, it will have to be that really detailed master map for what they need to achieve. But for others, we can make suggestions depending on what they're doing to get something that would be more affordable. Brilliant. It's um, it continues to amaze me how how data can be be used. Now, we've obviously been talking today about mapping data and how that can support business decisions and also solve problems. On, on that sort of theme about you know, I guess sort of solving problems. Have you got and again another case study because I think case studies that you're sharing today have been really informative. So another case study where um, someone's solved a particular problem rather than. Yeah, I mean, there's a a business that I've been. Um, dealing with recently and and their issue they put solar panels on the roofs of um generally commercial property and that would be commercial property that would be in a business park now you can imagine from their starting point they operate um across england and wales trying to find their ideal client which is um you know often some of the work that that I'm doing with businesses. Um, so they give me their parameters. Now for them, there's um, there's a data set. Um, if, if I can get into a little bit of more detail, there's a, there's a data oh, set. Oh, go on, Geek. <laughs> it's one of my favourites. The, the, um, there's a data set called Points of Interest or Point X. And that categorises... Um, over 4 million points in the UK. And you can pull out just the information. So if you wanted to know all of the electrical features in the UK, so if you wanted to know where every substation, every power line um, was, um, that would give you the X and Y coordinates of it. But it will also go into the details of other business businesses and specific business types. So for, for this particular um, client, we looked at uh, a set within that, uh, a theme within that data set, which covered business parks and business centres. And we took that, but that just gives um, an X and Y coordinate, so a point in the ground, if you like, for the centre of these business um, parks. So we then um, looked at it together and we um, set a buffer around that data. So now we've gone from a, a point set of data to a shape. 
because it's got a buffer around all of these points. And then we use land registry data for commercially owned properties. So that's freehold and leasehold. And we were able to return them the details of all of the businesses that were within that shape. So they were then able to target those as customers. And because it was the land registry data, they could look at commonality for ownership. So um, was a, uh, a business that owned so much of this business park, did they own other business parks? So by setting up a relationship with the larger players first, it was the most effective way for them to get to their, um, to get to their target audience. So there's, there's things like that, again, where we're using multiple data sets together, where it, it's really useful. And I think that if we were to split the way that data is used into two, you have the, um, the traditional um, background mapping, which you would draw on. So that's something that's very static. It's a, it's a picture, it's an image um, that you, you would draw on. Um, which is great for use in the background of things for you to understand. But a lot of what we're seeing, and and certainly over the last few years, what's um, more popular is what we would call a vector data set. So the map is made up of lines and dots and information. So you would be able to then query that or create constraints models, you know, where you want to avoid all of these things um, so we're seeing this sort of geospatial problem solving is becoming more and more popular with businesses. Amazing. Amazing. And uh, uh, maybe it's just my lack of education, Fiona. So, so you and the listeners at home will have to forgive me. But but this this sounds like, you know, really, really um, simple and logical, but but really clever stuff. Um, so, so I'm just wondering for, for that business owner listening um, at home, um, what what percentage, and I appreciate it'll probably be a guesstimate of, of businesses that come to you, like know the data that they want and know what they want to do with it. And what percentage of kind of new cases, actually, you're kind of advising the clients on, actually, we can do this, we can do this. You might have come to us for a map because you want to put together an, a, a planning development, but actually, we can also test for this, this and this. Yeah, I, I, I'm just, I, I'm interested in the guesstimate and um, where, where that comes from. I would say pretty much 90% of the businesses that come to us because they don't know what data is available. So when they come to us, whether it's something for planning or, Mm. you know, something that might seem quite straightforward at first, actually being able to give them extra insight into data sets that they didn't know existed. I mean, we've got new data sets coming out all of the time. Um, So uh, a really good example of that is um, the, uh, the government set out recently that they wanted everybody to be within 15 minute walk of a green space uh, or a blue space, like a, a riverside. Um, and there are lots of councils, housing associations, um, planners who are trying to um, work with the data that they've got already to try and work this problem out you know, where do we need to put new green spaces in if we're, if we're um, giving planning permission? And there are data sets which show green space. But what we've done is we've actually looked at the quality of green space that is available to a particular address. So we've modelled it 
so that you could look at any urban address in the UK and it would give it a simple score because a lot of, I think, what we do is um, making lots of very complicated data easy to understand because then a business can make, or a local authority, can make a much more informed and confident decision because they can really understand the data they're seeing. So it's all very well having, in that example, a map which shows all of the green spaces and parks and allotments and everything that are in your, um, within your responsibility, but understanding that actually that green space, so for instance, there's lots of um, areas in London where you might have a beautiful green square, but it's all um, fenced off and it's only available to the people that live around that square. So um, for us then to model, um, so this property, this particular address, the quality of green space that that has available to it is X, then the council can can really look at what they need to do to be able to hit their government target. Fantastic. Well, I know we're going to have people listening um, today because they want to listen to you and explore a little bit more about your expertise beyond what we normally hear at any networking event we see you at in terms of whether it's a 30 or 60 seconds. And I know people love your expertise, they love your warmth, but let's go a little bit off topic in terms of mapping data. Let's go on to the topic of business development, which is your role, because I know you always like to share your skill in that area. So perhaps give us some tips because you know, you're dealing with some big businesses. A lot of small businesses like to get into big businesses, but don't know how to open doors, et cetera, et cetera. How do you give some tips on your business development? Okay. Um, I, well, one of the great things at site. so um, we have just the most wonderful customer service. You can pick up a phone, you can speak to any of us, if somebody raises an inquiry this afternoon, they've got a problem, I could be speaking to them within a couple of hours. So we, we're really approachable. But, I mean, Ben asked earlier, you know, are there other companies that are doing something similar to us? And there are other players within our space, but the, what we provide is quite unique as a whole with, the, with our map shop and uh, with the, the data sets that, that um, we've curated. So um, we're very lucky. If somebody comes looking and they find us, then, you know, nine times out of 10, if we can get in front of somebody, we can get their business. But my real challenge in business development is looking for the people that don't know we exist that are buying this data from somebody else and possibly paying more for it. Um, so really, when, when, I, when I start, I use LinkedIn a lot. Um, as uh, you'll probably both know, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn. But one thing which I think is so important in business development is not to just always be selling and um, really share your expertise, share insight, share interesting articles, because people will then want to connect with you on LinkedIn. If you send somebody a connection request and they, they look and everything you've got is a company post, is buy this, buy this, buy this, and it, it doesn't appear to be um, that helpful or that useful, you know, why, why would I want to connect with you on LinkedIn? Um, and 
a personal book, but I'm, I'm sure there are lots of people that um, feel the same, is that if I connect with somebody, I don't automatically send them an immediate sales pitch. I think it's so important to understand exactly what that business is doing. Um, you know, a lot of the success I've had has been through, I've heard something on the radio. There was a, you know, a, a um, managing director for, of a business being interviewed and I thought they'd be perfect for us. Really interested in what they're doing. Looked up more about it and found that, I mean, for me, because obviously it's a huge, you know, huge businesses that I'm dealing with, there'll generally be a few different job titles that I'll look for on LinkedIn and connect with them. Always a personal message and um, really trying to, to add value, connect with them, share for a while, um, comment on their things, um, you know, genuinely be interested in what they're doing and helping them. And then when you do reach out to say, come on, let's, let's, have, a, let's have a meeting, let's have a chat, um, you, I find that the, uh, the rate of acceptance of that is, is much higher because they, they don't just see you as somebody that just wants to, to sell and go. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. And um, thank you so much for your thoughts so far. We'll continue the conversation after this. The Business Brunch Podcast, sponsored by We Do HR Support. Leave your HR to the experts so you can focus on what you do best. Welcome back to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike on Get Radio. Um, today, we're really delighted to be joined by uh, Fiona Frost from eMapsite. Um, and, and we're really sharing um, insight into Fiona um, in terms of her career, but also eMapsite and the kind of things um, that Fiona does at eMapsite that you could potentially use in your own business, but also um, just the real insight. I've certainly been, um, I make a joke on the radio about um, making notes as we're talking, um, which Rich always bullies me for. But today, um, you guys might have notice i've typed a little bit um because i've actually made it made it made a couple of notes myself which is uh which is good but anyway enough of me mumbling um so let's let's um build on the conversation really um and fiona i'm just quite keen to give you a little bit of a tricky question um which will watch your face drop a little bit and just really talk about the future like what what do you see the future of of the sector of which you work at like what what are the innovations happening at the moment and how do you see things kind of developing um if we were to invite you back which i'm sure we will in five years time let's say i i mean we are using quite a lot of ai at the moment i know it's a hot topic absolutely um but using that to really solve problems we did um uh we worked with a charity recently so um we get faced with with a lot of problems from businesses um but we we heard about this charity they approached us because they wanted some help with um replanting ghost woodlands i knew wow. nothing about ghost woodland before uh, the conversation with them but they um they were looking for data around um, woodland in Scotland that had less than 400 stems, so 400 trees per um, hectare. And it was a chewy problem. You know, we didn't have that data. When you're talking about more um, urban areas, the data available is fabulous and really detailed. But as soon as you start to go to more rural areas, that 
that data just isn't available. So we um, we used artificial intelligence and we took some areas where they'd already done a count of, of trees in the area. And uh, we got an intern who I felt very sorry for, but they did an absolute sterling job to count and, and plot on aerial imagery where these trees were. And then we set the AI going to say, this is what this looks like. Um, can you now map out, you know, these huge rural areas of Scotland? And for, for something like that, I think artificial intelligence is, is going to be something that will, you know, that will be what we'll be talking about, um, uh, how many problems that that has solved um, in five years' time. And, you know, the... The Ordnance Survey going through um, their own um, sort of changes at the moment, and they're introducing data sets that have got um, much more real-world descriptions to make it easier for humans to understand, but also a lot more data um, within their maps. And one of the um, lines within that uh, for anybody using the data will be whether this data was captured by a person, so an OS surveyor out on the ground, or whether that data was um, estimated by AI. So, um, yeah, it, it's something that we're, we're really going to be seeing in the future. Incredible. Incredible. And uh, we encourage our listeners to tune in for in a few weeks' time when we are going to have a practical show on um, artificial intelligence. So uh, a nice little opportunity to mention mention that. So thanks, Fiona. One of the things I was just thinking about in terms of how I could potentially use data, and I know my clients would be very um, enthused about, is, you know, the location of our ideal client. You know, we can go and buy data lists, can't we, in terms of who that are. And you mentioned ideal client earlier. So you've got that ideal client and then where they're where they're located and how we can best use that. And, you know, perhaps it's like a logistics company, how could we best make our route around those customers? So is that is that something you can provide? Is that something data that you can get hold of to pull into your existing data? Yeah. And and I'd encourage any business to collect as much data as they can as they go. I mean, when, when you're a, a, a small business starting out, and I've worked for different sizes of, of organisations, but when you're a smaller business starting out, um, you know, you it might be, you know, a little while down the road before you start thinking, well, actually, what was the most effective marketing? What was the, you know, what was the best show I went to? What was, So I'd really encourage any business to collect as much data as possible. Um, and then when it does come to things like, what is my ideal client? What is, um, you know, wh what's my best location? You're armed with an awful lot of data to start off with, which you've got free from your own um, analysis to then build on. So, um, yeah, I mean, lots of data around routing, um, but again, there's lots of open data out there. So something like, um, for your own personal use, uh, using, um, Google maps and those types of things, you can get some really good information where clients come to us is where they want to put it into something official, put it into a report. And that's where that type of data isn't licensed. So if you took, uh, uh, if you were using um, 
uh, Google images and you, you took some data from that and you wanted to put it in something, you're not licensed to do that. So that's where um, companies would then come to a business like ours to make sure that they are licensed. And, and again, that's a lot of what I do is helping businesses understand the licensing of data. Amazing. Amazing. And Fiona, I'm, I'm gutted to say that we are coming towards towards the end of the show, but we do still still have a, mi- a minute or so. Um, so. So I think a really good way for us to end the show is one of the things that Mike and I really like to do is to share top tips with the listeners. So so things that the, the business owner at home could could potentially go away and think about or implement. So I guess under the umbrella of mapping or data or sales or business development, you can pick what would be your your top tip to share with the listeners? Um, I think because I mean because my role is is business development. I think it would just be um, be really attentive to what your clients actually actually want and actually need. And um, I've always said if I if I had a superpower, it would be empathy. And it really is about trying to put yourself in that person's shoes. What does that what implications does a decision have for them? You know, what does success for them look like? How can you help them succeed um, in what they're trying to achieve and not necessarily, um, you know, just think about the think about the sale. I've done really well in the past from just going out of my way to help somebody and then getting so many recommendations from them. Absolutely. Um, I do have um, some breaking news live on air for you, Fiona. That superpower, um, I think anyone that knows you would say that you have already got that superpower. So uh, so maybe we taught you something this morning as well. But um, but unfortunately, that is the end of the show. So thank you so much um, to Fiona Frost for joining us on the Business Brunch today on Get Radio. Um, it's been an absolute pleasure um, to have you with us. So thank you so much for your time and your contribution to the discussion. You've been listening to the Business Brunch with Ben and Mike on Get Radio. Next Sunday, we're back at the usual time of 11 o'clock, and we're going to be talking about teams with Mark Withers of Mighty Waters, Mike Thorne of Thorne Coaching, and Alison Grace of Soprasteria. And as always, that usual reminder that you can listen to us on the radio each Sunday at 11 o'clock. You can tune in on your podcast's favourite platform, which uh, we release our podcast on a Monday morning of each show, and then look out for the video format, if that's your preference, um, via the Facebook page of Get Radio or their website, which is released on the Tuesday. But for now, enjoy the rest of your Sunday, and we'll see you next week.